Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavruta, Yordana Osband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Tanit, Daf Yudchet, page 18. So, in continuing with the days that are established in Megillah Tanit, uh, in Megillah Tanit, the Gemara goes on to talk about some unusual days, I guess, including sometimes that we no longer really keep track of today. So, I'm going to start. I'm already on to Amabet. Uh, the first Amad talks about some of the Again, some of the particulars regarding the fast days in Adar and mm, some other, some other exactly might you have, what you might have expected uh, to be found in Megillah Tanit, including what happens a little bit with still with Rosh Chodesh. If you go back to the Rosh Chodesh issue, and when you have a, a shortened month for twenty nine days instead of thirty, um, but here what I want to talk about now is on on Amabet towards the top of Amabet it says Ve'ele bnei arbeisar v'kakarile b'kleisar. So we're talking about the thirteenth or maybe the fourteenth of Adar, right? When the mission was talking specifically about the fourteenth of Adar, but there's a discussion of whether or not it could be read on the. You might end up reading Megillat Aster on the thirteenth. I mean, this is a discussion and Masachet Megillah, which we will get to really quite soon. And the Gemara here says, Yom Nika Norhu. And this is what we wanted to get to, right? It's We're talking about on the, the fast of the 13th is what we nowadays think of as Tanita Aster. And the Gemara here says it's Nikanor's day, meaning it's already its own commemorative day. And then, of course, the question is, what is Yom Nikanor? What is Nikan- who is Nikanor and why would he have a day? So then the Gemara goes on to say, well, really, maybe you're talking about the 14th and you're talking about people who would read early on the 12th. And it gets it gets more convoluted in terms of these dates. Um, and then we get to get another day. The issue here is that the, on the 12th, it's Yom Torianosu. It's the date that is known as Trajan's Day. Trajan, you'll know, is the, the Roman emperor who did better for the Roman Empire than he did for the Jews. Um, so... The question is, what's really going on here? So we're going to dive in a little bit. So the says, well, isn't that a case where they're talking about when you've, you would read Megillat Esther on the 11th day of Adar, which is the earliest that it could possibly be read, meaning the first day it could possibly be read, as as I said, as we'll get to in Megillah. And then the mission says that you're allowed to get, do Hespedim and fast on that day, even though it is the day before Trajan's day, right? This new day that needs discussion. Um, and then, of course, the question is, um, you know, how do we come to this? So the mayor says, no. Lo, We're talking about people who would normally read Megillat Esther on the 14th, but for whatever different reason, they read it that year on the 12th of Adar. And, Yom Turianasu, Yom Turianus Gufe Betule Batluhu, they canceled Trajan's Day, which is why you don't have to worry about it being an issue in the calendar. So that's the day where Shmaya and Achia were killed. Yordan, I'm going to turn this over to you. are going to talk a little bit more about Trajan's Day. Um, and I'm going to, so I'm going to leave that even for you to read. I'm going to jump down to talk about Nicanor's Day, because that's when we started with Nicanor, and then we jumped to Trajan. And it's all interspersed in this Gemara, which makes it a little bit more difficult to read and explain between sharing it between two people. But here's my Nicanor, or my Tarianus, right? It really is inter- interwoven. So I'm going to try to pull out the threads of Nicanor. He was one of the generals of the Greek army. 
And every day he would wave his hand over Yehuda and Jerusalem, meaning like, you know, stand on the hill and wave his hand across over them, so to speak. Um, when will this city fall into my hand so that I can trample it? When the Chashmanaim, and here we have our Nath Nister, and we're, we're recording in Hanukkah, you're going to be listening presumably during Hanukkah, when the Hasmoneans, the Chashmanaim, overcame the Greeks, right? And emerged victorious over them. That's Hanukkah. That's exactly the holiday. So when the Hasmoneans won, they killed Nicanor. They didn't just kill him. They cut off his thumbs and his toes, and they hung him on the, or they hung them on the gates of Jerusalem. I can't understand why this would be a pleasant thing to do in any way, but it is certainly a mark of victory. Said the mouth that spoke spoke with such pride, really arrogance, right? And the hands that waved over Jerusalem. So now we have the vengeance taken against them. And the point here in terms of the calendar, back to Megillah Tani, is that all this was on the 13th of Adar. But this that's the account in the Gemara anyway, about Nicanor, who he was as a as a Greek general, and what happened to him, you know, under the really the Maccabees, right? Under the Maccabee uh, revolt and then their success. Uh, this account is, there's a parallel account in Maccabees chapter two. No, I think it's just Maccabees two. There's a bunch of different versions of the book of Sefer Maccabees, the book of Maccabees. And it's a little bit different and perhaps a little bit more gruesome even. But for our purposes, we understand here exactly what happened, why there was a day of, you know, to, to glory the, conquering of Nicolor, and then, of course, why it's no longer in the calendar, because it's really, at this point, it's, I understand why it would have been canceled, you know, back in the day. So I just love that we're reading this passage over Hanukkah. I'm just going to say that again. It's, uh, it's totally great. Um, and, and I, I, you know, um, I just want to mention also, you know, just as we were prepping for this staff, um, that, uh, you know, there is, it, it's not, there's a couple of Nicanors around there, and, you know, so the question is exactly which one this was. Um, and this name is also mentioned in the second book of Maccabees. Um, it's a little bit of a different story. I would encourage all of you, if you have time to look that up, to think a little bit and to read a little bit for yourself what the differences are. But, you know, it's always interesting when we sort of have parallel texts that sort of have the essence of the same story, even though some of the details may be a little bit different. Um, and so then I'm going to go to the next one, which is, um, you know, my, uh, my Tori, Torianus, right? What was Torianus? So one thing just know is who exactly is Torianus? And most people say that this was probably the Roman emperor, emperor uh, uh, Trajan. Um, and so just to keep that in mind, and again, feel free to look up exactly who that was and what type of Roman emperor he was. Um, but that's, you know, who most people feel, feel that Torianus was. So the story here has to do with, again, which is sort of interesting, two brothers, but a little bit differently here. There's his brother, Lulianus, and his brother, Papas, and they live in this place, Ludikaya. Um, and uh, he says to them, Trajan says to them, 
So he remembers, he basically invokes the story of, you know, the, 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 um, of the furnace, right? Of that furnace that Hananiah, Misael, and Azariah get put in, in Sefer Daniel. Um, and he basically says, you know, if you're of those people, right? If you really are descendants from them, then your God should come and should be able to save you. The way that they were saved, them three from Nebuchadnezzar. Amrulo, so they replied back to him, these brothers. They were pure, uh, they were purely righteous. They were pure tzaddikim. And therefore, a miracle was appropriate to happen for them. And also, Nebuchadnezzar was a legitimate king. Now, notice what they're doing here is they are really giving like a very big, uh, you know, uh, a, a dig to him, right? Because it's not just that they're saying that like, a miracle wouldn't happen to us, but they're even saying that this miracle that happened was a benefit to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and the reason why that, that happened is, is because, you know, he he was uh, worthy in a way that Trajan uh, is is not worthy at all. Um, and then the Gemara goes on to say, the um, Oto Rasha, right? But you're basically, you know, you, you're wicked. Hejohu, you're a commoner. Right. And this is, you know, no miracle is going to happen. Right. And we, right, have basically, we've been condemned, right? We're high of, right? Like Hashem wants us to die. And if you don't kill us, then Hashem's going to have someone else kill. So it's also a very interesting story from a theological point of view. They're not even trying to like sort of pray, you know, their way out of this, right? They're basically just saying like, no, our, this is our time. God feels that we're deserving of execution. And if you're not going to do it, somebody else is going to do it for us, right? Right? Or what else? If men don't kill us, basically, Hashem has bears and lions in his world that could hurt and kill us. Right. Instead, God placed us into your hands. And therefore, what blood will actually be avenged? I mean, think about the logic that they're using here. They're basically saying we accept that we're supposed to die. And what we're paying attention to is who is the person who is sort of bringing about God's will in this world. And eventually our death will be avenged if you're the one to do it. So right away, right, Trajan is unmoved and basically says, okay, I'm just going to kill them right away and kills them. Right. And so it says that they did not move from this place, you know, from where they were executed. That what happened of two officials came from Rome, right? And their job was basically to remove Trajan as the emperor and they split his skull with clubs. So in other words, that act of vengeance, of avenging their death, takes place at the moment of their, uh, of their execution. Now, the one thing I just want to point out is that if you say it's, you know, this Emperor Trajan, it, this story does not exist, that this is actually how he was, uh, you know, how he actually um, was killed. Um, and it seems to be that there was sort of, uh, he died of some sort of illness, actually. So, you know, again, um, I just think it's interesting 
that, you know, you know, we sort of see this kind of thing where, again, if this is the same emperor, it exists, but the text around his death, not says, uh, has it as something, uh, as something very different. Um, and the other thing, Anne, that I think you mentioned before when we were prepping this is that he sort of was one of the, uh, he was sort of a pro- prolific builder. <laughs> he, he really expanded the empire of Rome and, uh, and did a, a lot, a lot, a lot of building. Um, so two very interesting stories that do have some historical truth in them. This is always what I sort of call the history of the Gemara. Um, it may be a little bit different than sort of non-Jewish sources, but always interesting to see sort of those names appear in our own Jewish texts. So I think there's two tricky issues here. One is actual historicity, right? Like, is it accurate, whatever is described here, or is it not accurate, which is one question. The other thing is what happened to me when I went to look up Trajan, you know, to just double check that we knew what he, we were talking about. I, and I said to you, oh, he's a bad emperor. And then as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. From Rome, he was a good emperor. He was bad for the Jews, right? Like, which is an important distinction that not everybody who is, um, who, who I would say where the Jewish history of it can actually be accurate. The we Jews can have a different perspective on how something unfolds because the exact same emperor who could build roads in, build roads, roads in a good wonderful infrastructure and and keep a time of peace in the Roman Emperor for a very long time. All of these things that are officially ostensibly good sometimes came on the back of you know, Jewish people in that tiny little country of Judea that, that wasn't it wasn't relevant for the rest of the world knowledge of you know of that hist- historical period. But for us it is right and I think right. that's and a I really excellent point. Excellent. You know for Romans he was great. For us, not so great. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank is reviews on all major podcasts. Thank you to Robin and Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go, go and learn.